1991, I was the recipient of the ever-so-loving nickname, Tia Talk-A-Lot. Now, this could have stunted my extroverted self, but instead, I embraced that name like it was my job. Almost 30 years later, that name still rings true. Here's the deal, though. I actually really love to listen, too. Someone once joked that this only happens on Tuesdays, though. Now, I don't want to disappoint your expectations of the show, so we won't veer off too often, but on occasion, you will hear from people other than myself. This episode happens to be one of those. Hello, everyone. I am really excited, as always, to uh, be having the pleasure to just be able to be in your earbuds today as we discuss a pretty hot topic, a topic that I, I, I wasn't naive to the fact that it was maybe a little bit sensitive and uh, maybe that there would be a lot of people that would resonate. I, I knew this, but I, I had no clue um, how many people would be reaching out to me um, after Preston and I shared our story, the, the before, the in-between, and the after here on the Teen Talks A Lot podcast. And uh, the outpour of messages from just simple things like, thank you for doing this, thank you for sharing this, um, to even more in-depth questions about things that we went through or how we handled it. And I am never claimed to be a, an expert on this topic. I just have my story. My story and sharing my story has helped me release so many things um, that needed releasing and um, helped heal and restore our marriage in so many ways. And I know that my, our story brings hope to other couples. And that's really I guess probably God's plan in us sharing our story with all of you. Uh, it wasn't super comfortable. It wasn't super fun. Um, but we actually did really enjoy it. And um, like I had posted, and many of you are following me on Instagram, that it really was a good a therapeutic kind of release of our story. And so, um, like I said, people kind of came out of the woodwork to say thank you and, and just to um, ask us more questions. And so I... Um, was connected to Danielle here, actually through my essential oil business. And she reached out and just said, yeah, I just want to let you know that, you know, your podcast was really great. And I want to share it with some other uh, couples that are, you know, going through trauma or going through things. And Danielle happens to be a um, individual child and family therapist. And she's uh, actually certified in trauma. And so as I got to like kind of dig in her brain a little bit more, I just said, hey, will you be on the podcast? And so I know that there are uh, probably a ton of counselors and therapists and stuff in my life uh, that I could have interviewed, but I have a feeling that uh, the heart that Danielle has for marriages and who she is as a person you guys will really resonate with and some of the questions that we are going to tackle that you guys had for us. Um, and then I even have, I think you guys are really going to pull a lot from this. So Danielle, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yes, thank you. I am honored. Yeah. Can you share a little bit of your story? You know, maybe a little bit why you got into what you're doing. And then we'll get into more stories. And I know, of course, you're not going to like share names or exact stories, but even just a few stories of just kind of hope or if there's something that really sticks up to you um, or sticks out to you on changes that have been made either in your office or that that you've been surrounded around. Sure. So I have always been interested in just relationships, attachment, how we are present day to day. Um, I love, as many people probably love, to just watch different relationships in public. I love to kind of be that person who um, sees a, a relationship or a dynamic between a mother and a father or husband and wife or two partners um, or a child and a caregiver. And I just love to see how they they mesh together and how they problem solve together. Um, I've always been fascinated by this like dynamic. Um, and it's so interesting because when I was little, um, I actually had, um, well, parents who divorced. And so that's a very common thing right now here today, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I think 
for some marriages, that is where things go. And then other marriages say, we're going to really work through this and we're going to do our very best. And it really um, becomes more strengthened. So I come from a, a background of knowing what that um, dynamic is like. And when I was very young, I just started the love for all of these different things that go um into a relationship. Mm -hmm. So all of those different things have kind of led me to wanting to learn more about psychology, wanting to learn more about people, wanting to know what is this nature versus nurture? What exactly is all of this about attachment? What are the theories? How do we relay that, but also understand it? How do we take that and apply it to day to day? And, um, so I went into psychology as an undergrad, and then I really started focusing on children and attachment, and then how does that affect later life? How does it ref, um, reflect positively? How does it reflect negatively on ways that we connect with people, ways that we connect with ourselves, how, um, how we manage day-to-day -day interactions? And then um, as I went through and received my undergrad, I went back in and received my master's. And I really then started focusing on how do we apply this in a therapeutic setting? So we have all of these amazing things that um, somehow we have to formulate in a way to say, okay, I'm going to help whoever I can help, but wow, there's some real hot and heavy dynamics that come in. <laughs> so how do we utilize what we know, but also realistically, um, you know, from a scientific background, everything makes perfect sense, but how do we make that work? So that's really where my love came in. Um, and along the way, I had, um, you know, the opportunity, of course, to have my own relationship. And I have been married for um, a little over 10 years. I have been together with my husband for 17 years and we are high school sweethearts. So I kind of got to see how does this work and how does this go in and out um, in real world, um, which I think is good because mm -hmm. I can kind of utilize that to say, you know, this is how we connect and this is how we make these meaningful relationships. And um, and I'll talk a little bit today, too, about what are some of those challenges that come up in relationships. Um, children are one. Mm -hmm. And we have experienced that ourselves because I have two children. And um, things get rocky when babies are little. And things get rocky when toddlerhood hits. And things get <laughs> rocky uh, throughout life, you know, in many areas. But we'll talk a little bit about what some of those different things um, present as perhaps challenges in relationships among other things that come in too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. And then you could keep going on and on like, Oh, toddler. And then when they're in elementary and you get notes from the teacher and then there's teenage years. And so, you know, I, I was uh, joking with Preston. Um, I'm like, well, it was funny because we talked about, you know, the, the before, the in-between and the after. And I mean, I hope we never have to go through the exact storm that we, we walked through, but there will more than likely be other things, right? And so um, we're not like in this la-la land to think that we won't ever have to walk through, um, you know, troubled waters, but we have so many more tools now. And so it might it might sound in some ways like, Oh, well, you know, we're, we're, we're back. We're in a better spot. Um, you know, but you know, things could happen again. And I think sometimes people want to check out at that point. They're like, well, if it can, if things, bad things can happen again, then I don't want to be put back there. I don't, I don't ever want to do that. So I'm going to find someone else to like do life with, because then maybe it won't happen over here. Right. And it's like, well, life is going to happen to you no matter where you're at. Um, but what Preston and I have done is that we found the tools to help us hopefully to, you know, totally negate that even happening. But then also to, if something does happen in our world, we have those to fall back onto. And ton of those tools we talked about in our podcast uh, last round, but I don't know that we talked in depth enough about the fact that we went to a counselor. And I don't know that had I not had my faith, um, and my counselor, 
I, Preston and I couldn't have done this with just reading a couple books and highlighting them and talking about them on our own. We didn't have the tools as humans to walk through this. So I'm so thankful. And I talk about it quite a bit that, I mean, I still see him on a regular basis. I still see my counselor on a regular basis. I sent him um, t- refer- so many referrals. This last one, he said, hey, Tina, I can't take on any more referrals. <laughs> and he really wasn't taking any at that time either. So anyways, finding a good counselor is really important. Um, and again, why I'm talking with Danielle for you guys today is, you know, hopefully in helping us figure out how do I find someone that fits that mold? How do I find someone that, you know, maybe my husband and I both connect with, I think is something that people, you know, sometimes struggle with, especially in being super stereotypical here, but especially the guys being like, I don't want to unload all my stuff on someone. Um, I don't need that. I can figure it out on my own and all that. Now I'm getting into so many details, but, um, and so many off track things, but still on track. So anyways, Danielle, can you tell us a little bit about kind of back to one of my first questions is um, stories of couples. Just when people come into your office, now it sounds like all sweet and soft in what we've been talking about so far. Like, you know, it's just like, okay, people have trouble and they come in and all of that. But like when people are sitting in your space on your couch, um, you know, they're coming in there in, in a word we already use today, trauma. I mean, some serious, like, ready, you know, to, like, throw off the rings and, you know, enter the courtroom probably. And so can you tell us a little bit about what that feels like? Because even as I write things on social media or we did our podcast, it sounds so much softer than it actually is. And I know that I know that what went through my mind at the time when I was hearing people speak softly was that. I was like, well, they don't know my story or they haven't been in my shoes or they don't know, they don't know, they don't know, you know? And so I wanted to prove to them in so many ways, like my story is different than yours. There's no way that this could be better. And I don't know how else to say this to people than like, I've been in your shoes. I know what this feels like, um, you know, than saying that. But anyways, people are coming into your office more regularly than they're coming into mine talking about these trauma-filled positions that they're in. Yes, yes. And I would say, so you make a really good point because a lot of people wonder, how do I help somebody in this position if I'm a friend, if I'm a mother of of somebody going through this, if I am, you know, just with somebody and want to um, share with them that I understand, but I guess it feels odd to say I've been there. I know what you're going through and all of those things. You can just say I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Um, and sometimes that's enough. And what I really find is couples will come in absolutely to my office in a vulnerable moment. Um, I see the absolute worst of the worst, Mm -hmm. but I then see many, many, many times, which is what I absolutely love. I see the best of the best when we are completely sorted through and we found clarity. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I would say raw. It is raw. It is dark. It is um, heavy Mm. when a couple comes into my office. Some come in together. Some will not even be in this room together. Mm -hmm. Some will not even look at each other. Some will be there holding hands. Um, It's always a different Um, it's always a different presentation, but what you're really genuinely getting at and to the heart of things is I don't feel heard. I don't feel connected. I don't feel, um, together. I feel left out. I feel lonely. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I, what I do upon intake is really just saying, okay, you know, share with me your story. And everybody has a different story. Um, They have the opportunity to share what their story is like. And then we can get to the heart of what is this that is the most detrimental to you? What, when did this start? How long has this been occurring for you? And a lot of times what we will find um, is they don't really know Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's just been normal. It's just been, I'm not even sure. Um, gosh, five years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, that might've been when this started. Okay. So let's go back there. Let's start Mm -hmm. there. No, but we're here to talk about today, right? We are, (laughs) but 
there's a lot of hurts that are going back five years ago that we can't just cover up in an hour and say, okay, we're good to go. Mm -hmm. It's a process. So you really have to find where are they coming from? What is their story individually, but what is their story together? And, um, not always is that an easy and quick process, but sometimes they come in as a couple and they're very aware, this is what's wrong with, with us. And I say, it's not necessarily what's wrong. It's just what you're going through. Mm. So there's some challenges here. Let's sort through those challenges. Let's like take each little intricate piece and pull it apart. And then let's identify where is this coming from? Okay. So what are some real good, like beliefs that are going on and maybe some beliefs that are not so helpful and where does that come from? And how is that being, um, helpful or not so helpful in your life? And then also in your partnership or your marriage or, Mm -hmm. you know, your uh, relationship with your children or whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting. One tool now that I I like have been able to be in the brain of my counselor for so long now I understand reasons he did things in the beginning and how he did it so I can kind of track back and be like oh that's why he had us do that and I remember in one session he had us tell our story of when we met and through like tear like like makeup running down my face you know like looking at him, I shared my story of how Preston and I met and I couldn't not smile. And so I get emotional now because I think about being in that moment and I was sitting on the couch with him thinking, I don't want to be with this person, but I hadn't remembered why I fell in love in the first place. And actually I was telling stories about in my mind that I should have never met him even. I should have seen the warning signs. I should have listened to people. I, you know what I mean? If you just, and not that, every, not that anyone is like badgering Preston, but in my mind, that's how I was starting to view some of the things that people had said. I remember someone telling me, oh, he's just too good looking. That will never last. And so I got in my head then, oh yeah, she was right. He is way too good looking. It would never last. Like, why would that be a thing, you know? And so... Anyways, just the weirdest things that you get tied up in your head. But anyways, I was sitting on the couch with my counselor and and Preston and I started to share my story of like when we met and he started to share pieces of it. And before long, we were like basically crying in each other's arms. Like, and I'm not saying that was like, oh, we were just game over. Everything was wonderful after that. It was like, we just got to go back to that first connection to say, you know what, there is a reason why we put rings on each other's fingers. Although we were young and crazy and probably didn't think all of it through, that's fine. Like we, we were in love, you know? And so that was a really cool spot for me to be in. And, you know, for those of you that are listening and maybe you're not even talking to your spouses at this moment, and maybe you're not yet in a spot where you, you know, want to go find um, a counselor, as, although I would very much urge you to do that, take a moment to just write down that story, that story of how you met and why you fell in love with that person and try your hardest not to have anything negative in it. Um, because yeah, we can infuse things, right. But writing that story down, no one ever has to see it. It won't hurt anybody by you doing it or writing it down, but I, I believe it will help you along the journey in some spot. So that was really helpful for me. Um, and then you're right, Danielle, going back to that, like, Hey, when did this start and being really realistic with it? Because we could go back like super deep, like, Oh, this was first day we were married (laughs) or the first day we met, you know, because when we're in the negative, um, we can make anything seem, seem bad. And I remember even saying this while I was in it, like today I can make Preston sound like the best person in the whole entire world. And today I can make him sound like the worst person in the entire world. I get to choose my words and my, where my mind's at. And when I realized that, that I was like, I can make him look like a bad guy today, or I can make him look like a good guy today. I was like, Oh, it's so interesting how we shift where we're at in our mindset on that. And we can really easily. We just have to, we have to want to, I guess, too. Right. So anyways, that's my little insert insert right there. Um, One thing that I wanted to be able to dive into was some questions that we got from people. And I know that you have some other things to, to be able to discuss, but one of the questions that stood out to me um, was about being married, but 
liking or, um, and I guess the terminology of it, liking the person um, and being able to, even when you're in the mess, still love them or still like them, or even when you're in a fight. Um, and I guess the, the exact, uh, I'll have to look at the question here. The exact thing that was asked was, um, I know my husband is awesome, but why can't I treat him better? And so you may like him or you might, you know, know that you love him and you might be able to go back to that story, but maybe there's some mess in the middle. And now I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but I love that question. Um, cause I think it's, it's accurate in so many ways that yes, he's, um, you know, maybe frustrating. Um, I mean, he's awesome, but he's frustrating you, or maybe, you know, you want to treat him better and, and that. And then there was another question is, um, what are practical ways I can change my thinking when my spouse irritates me? And I think those two go really uh, hand in hand. So I'm going to pass the virtual mic over to you, Danielle, on that one. <laughs> so I, I think the biggest thing is we really have to set intentions and be intentional with um, where we are at. And everybody is very busy. Everybody has these um, challenges that are coming their way or these hurdles that are coming their way. And that's kind of that day-to-day life that we talked a little bit about before. There will be challenges. There's going to be difficult moments. Um, And we can really celebrate the times that we're together, even when we're busy, even when we're feeling stressed. Um, A lot of that comes really back to this really powerful book that is quite new and phenomenal. Um, John Gottman is a master in the world of marriage and has a new book. It's called Eight Dates. Um, It's called Essential Conversations for a Lifetime of Love. Eight Dates. I have been wanting this book. So have you like gobbled it up already? Like, have you read it? Oh gosh. So you will... when we're done today, you will have some real good resources and content because I am a reader. I am a reader of all things. So I got this on Amazon when it came out and I read it probably within 27 hours, maybe maybe 24. We are so similar in this because I I Um, saw the book and I had shared it just because I love Gottman. I mean, I love the seven principles to making a marriage work. Is that the name of it? I always get the title because it's way too long. Um, so then they had come out with eight dates, which is super memorable. But um, anyways, I love all things around John Gottman. I mean, I'm part of their email list. I love listening to any sort of podcast or, or video or anything I can get my hands on. So I can't, I can't believe I haven't bought the book yet. I can because I have so many on my list. that, <laughs> And I see your list all the time of, of different books that you're reading. And I'm like, oh, I want all the things. But anyways, I'll pass it back to you because, yeah, I want yeah. to hear a bit about this book because I'm excited. Oh, no. This book is wonderful. And I will, I will share a couple of other books that I have to to, um, by him that I use very frequently in my practice. So, um, so John Gottman, absolutely. I'm happy you mentioned there is a website. He has just, I mean, phenomenal. I wish I could, I wish I could, um, just get in his mind Mm -hmm. and spend a day or a week or a month or a year just living near him. So I could just just get that energy, just pull that energy from him. Um, so this one is written by John Gottman and, it's, it's a really nice, simple, easy read. It's for couples, uh, partners, anybody that really just wants to go to that deeper connection. Um, John Gottman does a really awesome job with that. He has scientific information that will blow you away. And mm-hmm. he has the ability to talk to you as a human being to say, this is how we apply. This is how we move. This is how we guide. And this is what we do day to day. So in this newest book, um, he makes an amazing statement, which of course is so true, but we get so busy. We cannot ever pull this from ourselves if we're not present and in the moment. But he writes to say, a lifetime of love is created every single day you are together. Um, getting to know your partner doesn't end the minute you return from you know, moving um, into that relationship together or that marriage and okay, here we are. Mm-hmm. It's every single day. Um, and it also is very important to know that you have to remain curious. You have to remain positive about your partner. We all are human. We have these, these mannerisms that 
sometimes even if we saw ourselves doing them, we wouldn't be happy. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't like that mannerism. We'd say, oh my gosh, oh, that's, no, I don't like that. So you have to recognize we are all human. We all have those moments that are going on. Um, and, you know, so to be able to be mindful and aware of that and just kind of, um, and be grace, you know, give them grace as, as their partner. Um, and there's another really awesome, I'm wanting to share, there's another really awesome um, comment that he made in the book, and it says, make dedicated, non-negotiable time for each other a priority and never stop being curious. So again, mm-hmm. being curious, being mindful, being aware, being present. Um, and gosh, I'm just looking, there's one more thing here. Yes, here it is. Successful long-term relationships are created through small words, small gestures, and small acts. Hmm. So you as, um, you know, a whole are just in this world that feeds so much to us to say bigger, better, more. We need to slow down and say, wait a second. No, we are okay to just start small. We can just be, we can be who we are and they can be who they are. And we can make this, you know, work as a connection. Um, And it starts small, small words, a quick hi, a quick hello, a quick good morning. Mm -hmm. We're always thinking it. We're always seeing, you know, this happening around us. But if we're in the moment with our significant other or our spouse and we say good morning, it's almost like, oh, hi, Mm -hmm. you're right. Good morning. Mm -hmm. Or a quick kiss goodbye. Or Mm -hmm. when you get back home, a quick, hey, you know, just a little bit of like, oh my gosh, I'm there. I'm recognized. I'm noticed. Mm -hmm. I love it. I feel it. Mm -hmm. So small gestures, very small, but they are so, so big. And I do see with couples that I uh, work with, there's so much in that quick little phrase or that quick hug or that kiss or that hi or I missed you, or can't wait to see you later. And it's almost like that just turns somebody's day around. Mm -hmm. So when you're receiving of that, you feel great. When you're giving of that, you feel good. And that's a way to really start working on how do we be connected and how do we like each other when I know we're supposed to love each other, but how do we like each other? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's so interesting. You say that. I mean, if I was in the middle of a storm right now and you were like, just give, give him a kiss or just say hi, I'd be like, screw that. But (laughs) like one thing that my counselor had said, and I, he, he was saying the same things to me. Like it's small little things, it's little stuff. And I was just like, I don't want to do those. I don't even feel like doing those things. And one thing that he said to me, you know, so often people talk and John, John Gottman talks about this too. And I'm sure you do as well is communication. Um, so many often people are trying to get us to communicate better, right? Counselors are. And, and that's often what, Hey, let's learn how to communicate. And what my counselor was saying, and again, John Gottman, I'm sure yourself is, if you don't like each other, you don't even want to communicate. And so uh, if you're better communicators, but you don't still don't like each other, it's like, okay, so you're just going to fight better, (laughs) you know? And so one thing that I love there that you said is that being curious about one another. And so the thing is, is, and I know that you working in trauma and such, and so often marriages are stumbled because there's some sort of an affair and it could be something that's like a physical affair, which feels way more extreme, but an emotional affair, which of course is, can just be just as hurtful, um, can be with someone, anyone, um, that you're giving more attention to than the other person. So for me, um, you know, it was like, Oh wow. If a guy says hi to me, you know, Oh my gosh, like that fills that love tank, right? Like I talked about it last episode, like that love tank is being filled. Um, or bank account, I should say, not love tank. It's not like just a guy saying hi to me, like I fell in love with him or something, but you know what I mean? Like my, that bank account was, was being filled. Preston said hi to me at that time. I was like, you know, like what, you know, you don't know me, you don't like me, you have no idea what's going on in my world. And so it was like him then being curious about me, like using your words in there. It's like, that was all the difference, you know, like, how are you today? Or even when we were messy, even when we were messy and he asked that, I was like, oh, 
like you said, I, I matter. Like he actually, does he want to know this? Like, and, and sometimes I was like, Oh, is there an alternative motive to this? <laughs> like, you know, but then when he keep asking, it was like, okay, there's that. Okay. Ramble. But another piece of this is I remember saying to my counselor, um, you know, I just want him to adore me. And I don't know. And I think that, that any woman could say this, like they want to be adored, right? They want to be adored by their spouse. And I know that there's some guys listening to this as well, but I'm just like really speaking to the women in this. And I remember just sitting there praying one day and thinking, I just wish he adored me. And I so loudly, this was spoken to me. And I actually had this um, kind of sign on the wall and it had like the ABCs of like all these different words. And it had the top one was a for adorable. And I, and it hit me that if I want to be adored, I have to be adorable. And we put in adorable and think about like little kids, right? You know, but adorable is mean, means that you're, you're worthy of being adored and not that not everyone is being worthy of being adored and don't get me wrong on that or change my words on this. But in my mind, I was like, okay, I need to move into this adorable state and shift that. So I know I've been kind of all over the place on that, but that's kind of where my brain went on the, okay, if I want him to give me attention, if I want him to be curious, if I want him to actually adore me, um, I need to move into that state. Yeah. And I do think too, it's like you said, it's hard to be on the receiving end when you've been so negative for so long, or even if it's not for so long, but you're just in that mindset of negativity Mm -hmm. and you just think, no, nope not today. No, not interested in what you're going to say to me. I'm not interested in conversation today. Um, but deep down we need something. There's we a want need it there. too. We're desiring it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We need interaction and we need it from those that we love. That goes back to attachment. There is a fantastic book, super psychological. Those that are listening that might love it, you're going to love it. Those that are like, well, yeah, that's kind of hard to read. That's <laughs> I read it in grad school. I've read it several times since. It's phenomenal, but it's a hard read. It's called Becoming Attached. It talks about how attachment works um, and how that really enhances or changes your capacity to love. That's mm-hmm. a really phenomenal book. I love it because I'm that kind of a brained person, mm-hmm. but you know, um, maybe cliff notes, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but it's a really good book. And so it goes back to attachment and it goes mm-hmm. back to, um, the desire and that need. And do I belong? What is my sense of belonging? Then we can go back to trauma. Trauma is messy. Trauma mm-hmm. is yucky. Um, and that's different for everybody. That's, Perhaps children who I work with in a play-based setting who are going through severe neglect, how do we work through that so that attachment isn't of concern as they get older and try to have these relationships formed in a positive sense? Mm -hmm. How do they fulfill when they've never been really truly brought up with that? Um, So that that kind of is just a side note. Um, I think that there's a lot to that, to step in on that becoming attached is... Um, one thing that I worked through was where in my journey did I struggle with a couple of things that I knew then I was bringing into my relationship. So it wasn't just like about how Preston was treating me or how I was treating him or whether we liked each other or whether we were communicating right, but understanding like where was our, like the root cause of trauma back before we even knew each other and how was that showing up or like festering into our relationships and so we worked through so much I mean again I know we're only here for like 40 minutes and you have worked with so many people and I've worked on myself so much and Preston's worked on himself but um so we could what I'm saying is we could keep going and going and going but a couple things that came up for me um when I looked back at different times in my life on when I had some, you know, maybe mini trauma that had happened and then kind of kept evolving was I had a lot of things where I didn't know exactly where I belonged. And one of those pieces was that, and it's still weird for me to bring up because it was such a a secret along growing up is that I found out when I was five years old um, that my dad, who I knew as a dad for five years, wasn't actually my biological dad. And now I'm, I'm, 
I don't think I needed to know any earlier than that, but it was something that was a part of my life that then I, I got to find out before I got on the school bus and for, to go into kindergarten. And at that time, I didn't, I couldn't tell anyone. And I mean, I don't know that I don't, I'm not like blaming my mother. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this and crawling in a hole, my, my Irish family just probably cries out that I like have this boisterous, share all the things and be transparent uh, personality. But anyways, I remember my mom just keeping that a secret. And for whatever reason, I, I grew up as this is my family and I, I didn't talk about the extra like people in my life. And then I met my biological dad when I was 10 and he is, has become a really, really great friend of mine, uh, but never filled in that dad role completely because he, he, he didn't raise me, you know, I didn't live in his house and we didn't have that sort of uh, relationship. Now I talk to him all the time and we have that, but um, what, anyways, what I had found was I had secrets and I had a, a sense of not knowing exactly where I belonged along through my journey and growing up. And so how that kind of translated into my marriage and into my adult life was that I have a deep wound of not feeling like I belong in certain situations and that having secrets about where my world is at is uh, normal. And so it was interesting. I was, I was, you know, sitting on the couch crying, you know, with, with my counselor and just even apologizing for being emotional about times that I didn't have a place to belong, um, whether that be in, you know, biological father's family or, you know, different kind of instances within my life. And he's, he, he just said to me, he's like, Tina, don't apologize for 10 year old Tina, that she was emotional. You would never tell your 10 year old daughter that she should feel stupid for crying about something that big and huge. So anyways, I'm sharing all of this because I, I just do, I share all the things, but I'm sharing this because that showed up in my marriage so strongly, but Preston needed to understand it too. He needed to understand like, Hey, when Tina doesn't feel like she's in the know about something in your life, she feels abandoned. She feels left out. She feels that, you know, there's secrets and secrets are not don't do well in her world. And so she doesn't feel connected to you then. And so although maybe relationships that and friendships that he had, whether it be with family or, or people, if I wasn't in the know, it was a stronger and deeper wound than it would be for the average person because of where my wound was. And so I won't share Preston's, but, you know, going deeper into his too helped me look at him at, you know, a five-year-old little boy or a 10-year-old little boy or whatever in that connection and helped me connect with him so much more knowing he's imperfect, I'm imperfect, and we're going to come together and accept those imperfections. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an example that is, is so good to share because that is just how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's just this aha moment and it's, it's real connection, making that connection to say, okay, this isn't about me and how I'm flawed. This is just what has occurred. Oh, this mm-hmm. makes sense. Let's do something with this. Let's go somewhere with this. Now we know we are aware yep. and we can really work through this and we can move forward and we can identify, just like you said, I just kind of need to be in the know. Mm-hmm. That's just what I need. Okay, good. Wonderful. Let's do it. We've been missing that. Okay, this is going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a safe space where you're able to come up with that. And yep. that's sometimes what is needed is just that safe space to kind of sit down, clear your mind, gain some clarity and say, with a couple of little questions here and there, maybe a therapist kind of raises a little <laughs> okay. bit of that, you know, memory and then, oh my gosh, it's coming together. Here mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it doesn't have to be big. By no means does it have to be big. I mean, really, yes, some of those traumas are huge. And um, and some of those traumas, or, you know, maybe we wouldn't even consider it a trauma because it's, it's small and they don't consider, um, that individual doesn't consider it to be necessarily a trauma, but maybe just, you know, I really wasn't happy about that part of my life. And this makes sense now and I'm carrying it with me and I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe it's something, somebody said something to me and now I just heard that by my spouse and boy, that was a reminder I did not like. And I'm having an emotional response here that I don't even understand. Yeah. And when you talk about emotions, that's the heart of 
anything in therapy. So you're going to get to know your emotions well in Mm -hmm. therapy and you're going to sit with them and you're going to sit with the discomfort of them. (laughs) And that's, that's good. That's Mm -hmm. what we need. We need to be able to say, wow, that hurts. Yes, it does. Wow. That feels good. That's great. I feel empowered. I feel wonderful. I feel like I'm understanding myself or my partner. You're right. You are, Mm -hmm. you know, so abandonment, that's a big one. That's huge. So many emotions come into that. And I like to think of it as an iceberg. And I believe Gottman also comes with this, um, that there's like this iceberg of an emotion. So let's, for instance, take anger. And what we see up on the top, of course, is anger. The bottom area of the iceberg is scared, left out, worried, abandoned. Um, Maybe, you know, you can toss in whatever emotion you're feeling, but you can do that for any emotion. And it really delves into what is a secondary emotion and what's really happening under the surface. Mm -hmm. We see the tip of the iceberg as anger or as resentment, mm-hmm. but really, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that comes into a marriage or a communication pattern all the time, mm-hmm. every day. I, yes, I totally love that. One thing, um, you know, just, I got, there's so many different topics, right. That we could jump into, but one thing that I really want to be able to bring hope to people that, they can work through what they're working through and what they're in and that there is hope on the other side. I, I was, I was sharing my sadness uh, with my counselor that our marriage went through such a deep spot, such a horrible spot, uh, you know, a spot that I never thought we would be in and that I was sad that that was like a part of our story. And I just remember, you know, being so concerned that now we had this, you know, time. Um, and he said to me, and this was like the biggest, I felt like I graduated from, uh, that stage was he said, Tina, I want a marriage that I know I fought for. And I said, Oh my goodness. So do I like, you're right. So do I, I fought for this. And now I don't want to slight anyone that went through a divorce. I understand that there is, there is a reason that there is divorce, right? Like we talked about this a little bit before we even hit record that, you know what, sometimes that might be the answer. And I'm here to right now to talk to people that are in the mess that want hope that are desiring something they're grasping for straws. They're doing the things. Um, But I want, I want to give that little piece of hope. So again, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad that made the decision to get a divorce. I, I truly understand that that could be where someone needed to go. And I know we had one specific question where someone had asked, um, you know, about being safe in a marriage and maybe we can touch on, on that, you know, what they should do if they don't feel safe. And so um, I guess what I, uh, what I want is to just kind of chat a little bit about the other side and, and what marriage can look like once people have walked through that storm a bit. Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember, this is your story. There Mm -hmm. is no right or wrong way. This Mm is unique to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And differences can really enrich a relationship. They can, Mm -hmm. and they should. Mm -hmm. If you understand those differences, you can accept them. You Mm -hmm. can understand them and you can move forward. Um, I will tell you, I worry when couples come in, even individuals, when I'm just seeing an individual, I worry when they come in and they're saying, no, we never fight. We never argue. I'm not sure what you mean by arguing and fighting because we don't do that. That, that's, That's not us. And I think, you know, ooh, yeah. We're, mm-hmm. we're in some hard times here <laughs> right. because not often, now I'm not going to say never, but mm-hmm. not often is, is there a marriage or a partnership where you don't have conflict. Mm-hmm. It's normal. You have 
It's absolutely, absolutely normal. <laughs> 100% normal. So, and I'm not saying unsafe conflict where you had kind of said to physical abuse, verbal abuse, that's unsafe. And we'll talk a little bit about that um, and what, what we need to do in those cases. But, um, you know, life shows up, things happen, and conflict occurs. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. That's what comes. Mm-hmm. We are human. We are, we are here, um, you know, doing our thing. It, mm-hmm. It's never great and wonderful 100% of the time, and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So I want you to know, um, therapists want to know what's actually going on. We mm-hmm. don't want to know things are really good today. We mm-hmm. want to know things are not good today. Wonderful. Let's Mm -hmm. figure this out. Let's delve in and get to where we need to get. Um, So I want you to know if you're doing marriage and partnership and couples and parenting, would we maybe say right by the book? You know, if you're doing it right, you're going to have conflict. (laughs) It is. And it's supposed to be there. It's a part of nature. It's a part of us. It's a part of who we are. And it's part of who we become as a couple. So we're strengthened by that. We understand it. We accept it. We are aware. We don't just say, nope, that shouldn't be there. That's not a part of me. That's not my story. I don't want that. We say, well, hey, it showed up. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Good. We're ready to go. Let's get in and do some good work. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to just say this is um, conflict is just what it is. It's conflict. It doesn't mean anything negative necessarily, unless you're just pushing it away and saying, nope, it's not there. I don't, I don't have conflict, not at all. So I want everybody to know this is a very normal thing. Um, And not that I love the word normal and, you know, all of those (laughs) different things, but this is very typical um, standard in relationships. It just is. We come from different backgrounds. We come from ways of Um, being raised. We come from different belief systems. We come from different cultures. That's what makes us who we are. That's how we are unique. And that's how we try to merge and mesh that um, relationship together by saying, we are different people. This is something to celebrate. We should connect. We should be curious. We should learn more. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, we should, you know, be a positive in this. So I really want to say, um, going back to how do we get through this? How do we, how do we kind of become who we want to be after something like this occurs? I don't think you let that shadow the rest of your story. It's a chapter. Mm-hmm. You put that beautiful chapter up on the shelf and you say, we did hard work here and yeah. we are yeah. awesome for mm-hmm. going through this. Um, and then you celebrate the accomplishments, you know, you cheer each other on, you grow together, you connect um, you lean in in those moments when your partner is leaning away and you say, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Why are you so angry? Just, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a brush on the shoulder and you're like, oh, just step away. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, well, that was kind of nice. He is mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and I'm here too. Mm-hmm. You know, so those little itty bitty moments are the biggest and they're honest, they're sincere, um, share those joys, appreciate each other. It's all, it's all a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had heard this statement yesterday and wrote it down here in my, in my planner was from Michael Todd and it said, God can't bless what you pretend to be. And I thought that like resonated. I wrote it down as a business standpoint, (laughs) but when you started talking about, you know, pretending that something is one way or another or whatever, it's like, no, it's okay that there's conflict and it's okay. And you need to be as honest and upfront as possible with your counselor, with uh, a trusted friend, with your spouse about what's going on in your world. And I just love that. God can't bless what you pretend to be. Um, And I think that, I hope that uh, resonates with many of you on the just journey of where you're at. And I know if I went back into my story, every day was different. You know, I would show up some days and I'd be like, okay, yep, I'm going to work on this marriage. And then it could be the next hour. I was like, okay, nope, this is, this is not going okay. Right. Like this is, I, nope, I don't want to be in it. I can't do this. And in more so, um, I'd say it was about, 
I guess I collecting my thoughts here on, you know, why I didn't think it could work was I would go back into the past and I'd be like, Oh, it can't work because he hurt me here. Or I, it doesn't work because I hurt him here. Or it doesn't work because these people were, you know, involved and they don't like the situation or, you know, there were so many things about it. But when I was able to like do a, a straight up turn from the past and even sometimes the present that we were in and look towards the future, there were still those like hopes and dreams that I could latch onto that would have to go away if we separated. Right. Like I had a, um, I had a, a really good friend um, who went through a divorce right in the middle of our, in, in the middle of press and I's mess. And I remember her telling me that she had to let go of the dream of her and her husband sitting on the front porch, watching their kids or grandkids, uh, you know, play in the yard. And it was such a small story that she shared but it resonated with me so long that it made me think like, yeah, I don't want that dream with anyone else. I don't want that future with anyone else. I want that with Preston. And the only way I'm going to have that with Preston is if I turn away from the past stories, if I let that be released and I do a pivot to the future and look to see what I truly want in those desires that I want, it's with him. It's not with anyone else. It's not alone. Although at times I thought, oh, I'd be better off alone than, you know, uh, than, than with him. And that it sounds so crazy now. Um, but that's where I was at. And so it was powerful for me to just be able to make a more of a clean cut there and be able to look into that future rather than looking so much in that past and holding on to it. So the word release is my word for the year this year, which has been super powerful as I've been able to release so much. And um, one thing that I've shared quite a bit is that I, I had felt for a while, and it's been a while since we've been in a really good spot, but I had felt like I almost always had to say, um, kind of like a disclaimer, like, oh, we're doing really good, you know, in despite of our past. And like, I had to use that. And even when we got off of the podcast last week, Preston and I recording, we even sat there and we're like, oh, I wonder what, you know, this person will think or that person will think. And was like, you know what, it doesn't matter what these people think. Like, it doesn't matter what people's think of the past. It matters like who's going to be impacted by the future story, right? So Again, me kind of rambling on about where my journey is and where we've gone, but it was helpful for me to kind of sit in all of those different places and think about the future. Yeah, and I I do agree 100% that it doesn't matter what other people around you are thinking Mm -hmm. because it's about who you are Mm -hmm. and who your partner is and what you have together Mm -hmm. and what you're working for um, and what you've worked through. Yep. I love it. Now I know you have a few more resources and maybe we want to touch a little bit on some other stuff, but we don't want to be talking for 72 hours straight. (laughs) I'm sure we probably could. Um, But we had uh, discussed really this topic of if I'm in an unsafe situation, either emotionally or physically. And I think we both can hundred percent agree that we don't want to talk anyone into staying in a situation that is unsafe for them. Um, and that we just want to say, seek, 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 seek help. And uh, however that may be, seeing a therapist, counselor, you know, checking that out. And so, Danielle, can you share a little bit like where you work? I know that not everyone here is local to you, of course, um, but even how to find that right that right person? And where would you search and where would you find someone? Absolutely. So I am located in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I have many connections in the Hudson, Minneapolis, Minnesota area, um, and connections even farther north. But, um, you know, it's just, it's important really, I think, to identify when you're not when you're starting to question things like, am I safe? Am I emotionally safe? Am I physically safe? Um, Take that, feel it, 
and understand, hmm, this is coming up for a reason. Talk to a trusted friend, somebody that can be neutral and understanding of you and just, you know, gosh, I'm feeling, is this normal? I, I don't know. And maybe they can say, oh, I don't think so. Or, well, eh, let's, let's kind of find some support here. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have that one trusted person, if it's through your church, if it's in your family, um, you know, whoever that might be, identifying that person to really help you on that journey. A lot of times what will happen is um, you're starting to feel unsafe, but you're not real sure you want to bring that up because you're afraid that it's not safe to Mm. bring it up. And what will other people think or what will happen to me? And there's just so much that comes to that. So I think, you know, if it's truly a, a concern, I mean, there are truly um, domestic shelters that are there for a purpose and a reason. Yourself, mm-hmm. your children need to be safe. I would say identifying uh, a point person that can help keep you accountable so that you're feeling like you have a supporter in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and also- I know that can be really tough. There's, there's a spot in there, you know, that I want to make sure that, um, you know, especially with people are in the storm, that that safe person is someone that is the same sex as you, that you are reaching out to a girlfriend or a guy friend that is the same sex. Like that is the safe person. Although your mind may be telling you that it's something different, it's not. And so for me, I had, I had a couple very, very good friends. One who had actually been um, in a divorce that, uh, you know, maybe I would say she regrets and not to live in regret, but she said, Tina, if I could, I would go back and I would redo my first marriage. I, it would have, my life would have been easier. World would have been easier. And I knew the story she had, the storm she had been through. And I couldn't believe she was even saying that. So what it told me is, wow, if she can walk through that and then say, oh, I wish I would have just worked on that. Then I, I need to be doing that as well. So anyways, also, I know that sometimes it can be easy to go to someone that's going to give you the answers that you want to hear and not that you need to hear. And so I'm here to tell you, do not do that. I I did that. I went to people that like, not that they wanted bad for me, but they love the story of it. Like people love the drama or the trauma or the whatever. And it wasn't healthy because I wanted to go back and keep telling people that story, the one that they believed that person was not the right fit for me and that I did need to, you know, exit my marriage and that all of that. And that's, that wasn't safe. And so just a big, big, huge caveat to say, please, please, please find someone of the same sex. Um, and please find someone, um, that is going to have the loving, but, uh, straightforward conversation with you about the real right path and then seek so fast, some sort of counselor to, Um, guide you on this. For me, it was very important to me that I had someone that aligned with my faith. Um, I did not want to be in a situation where I, I, I wanted to be talked into the fact that marriage was what was supposed. I didn't want someone to give me permission to leave my marriage. Really. I knew that even though in the core, I wanted like in the core, I knew that, you know, on the surface, maybe I didn't, but I I needed someone that was going to hundred percent align with where I was in, um, in my faith as a Christian. So another just kind of caveat on that. Yes. And that's very important. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, you made absolute valid um, points on all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I love this. Now we'll put a link to uh, your um, where people can find you if they're in the area or where they can find other counselors that are in your space um, and that are doing the things that you're doing. And if you guys have questions, I mean, feel free to reach out, like either I'll p- pass them on to Danielle or, or we can help find some answers for you and direct you in the right path. Um, because we want to make sure that, you know, we are not just being noise here, but we're giving true uh, guidance on your next step and that there is truly hope uh, for, I believe any marriage and I haven't yet found one that I wouldn't say there's, there's some hope in, in your, in your future and in your story, um, whether that be together or apart. And so I just want to encourage you guys in your marriage and, and all that you're up to. So any, uh, parting words, Danielle, for our, for our listeners. 
I just want to let everybody know there is somebody that is uh, available, is, um, you know, ready and able to help you process through things that are a challenge. You're Mm -hmm. not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, You are absolutely not alone. And if your spouse is not ready to take that venture together with you just yet, find a safe space for yourself with a therapist that you feel comfortable with and really work through things that you need to work through on your own just to feel like you're you're making it through those difficult, challenging days. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think your spouse will find that things change, uh, you know, based on how we see things and how we perceive things. Um, and if they're ready, they'll hop on in. Um, and that's, that's okay sometimes to be, you know, where we are is where we are. And also if you guys come in together as a couple, that's perfect too. You're ready Mm -hmm. and you're willing and able and, um, and it's important work. Mm -hmm. I love that. And one last thing I just needed, just came to my mind is that none of this needs to be a rush. Like, so often people are in a rush either to get a divorce or to hurry up into counseling or whatever, like go at your own pace along this journey. Like it doesn't have to be fixed tomorrow, although we all want it to be like, we want that fix to happen right now. And so I just want to encourage you to take this at a pace that works for you. So Danielle, thank you so much for just hanging out with us today, for giving your awesome, just like perspective on how beautiful marriage uh, can be and what it looks like maybe to walk through that storm with so much beautiful uh, grace and love. And um, we touched on a lot of subjects all over the place, great subjects, but I just want to thank you so much for being here with us today. And for our listeners, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. I would love if you shared this with someone that may be hurting or maybe be in trouble um, in their own marriage. And until next week, we'll see you guys later.